As conversas que se seguem são baseadas em factos verídicos. As personagens não são ficção. E o nível de português pode ser assustador. Este é o verdadeiro teste. Rui, estás de volta. Olá! Sim, finalmente, depois de 16 dias. Como, como foi a tua viagem? Foi incrível. Tu viste fotos. Eu mandei-te fotos durante a viagem. Sim. Sim, eu não conhecia a Argentina. Da América do Sul eu só conhecia o Brasil. E fiquei completamente apaixonado. But even though you were away, we didn't make our members wait because we launched the video of you preparing for that trip. And then I did the video interview with Pedro. So if anybody missed those videos, make sure to go to the site to check them out because uh, only the second video made it into the podcast feed. So now we're back. And now we're back. To the normal rhythm. And we have some more things cooking. <laughs> In the cooking. In the cooker. In the cooker. And we're back with a regular audio episode where we hear the episode all the way through and then we discuss some of the vocabulary and expressions and hopefully our members learn something at the same time that I do. And it's a tale. It tells a little bit of Portuguese culture, even though most of it is fiction. You never know. You never know. That's true. Let's go ahead and hear it all the way through. And then we'll be right back with our usual chatter for those who want to stick around. So, ready, set, go. Portugal é uma das mais antigas nações europeias e no dia 24 de junho de 2017 comemora 889 anos de fundação. A realidade e a ficção às vezes confundem-se nas lendas passadas de geração em geração. Ainda assim, Gostamos de as contar às nossas crianças para que a cultura popular portuguesa não se perca. É o caso desta lenda que vos vamos contar hoje. Não sabemos se as coisas se passaram como a lenda descreve, nem sequer se realmente aconteceram, mas vamos contar esta história exatamente como a ouvimos da boca dos nossos pais e avós. Há muitos, muitos anos, numa altura em que os mouros habitavam a Península Ibérica, numa zona hoje conhecida como Viana do Castelo, reinava o poderoso Abaquir, um jovem mouro conquistador de terras e corações. Dizia-se que o seu castelo, erguido em plena Serra da Nó, era o mais magnífico de todo o mundo, tais eram as riquezas que continha. Um dia, Abaquir cavalgava alegremente pela serra quando viu uma jovem pastora de gado, tão bonita que fez o seu coração bater mais forte. Aquela jovem era diferente de todas as outras mulheres que tinha visto. A pastora tinha uma pele muito clara, olhos verdes e um cabelo louro penteado numa enorme trança. As outras mulheres que Abaquir conhecia cobriam o cabelo com véus, ao passo que esta pastora andava com o seu orgulhosamente à vista de todos. O rei parou o seu cavalo ao lado da pastora e disse-lhe Olá, pastora. Eu sou o rei Abaquir. E tu, como te chamas? 
O meu nome é Ofélia. Ofélia, deixa as tuas ovelhas e vem comer comigo na minha tenda. Não posso deixar as minhas ovelhas sozinha, senhor. E para além disso, eu trouxe a minha comida. Tu atreves-te a recusar o meu convite? Ofélia, sem saber como reagir, disse apenas. Senhor, se não precisa de mais nada, eu vou-me embora. Não posso perder tempo. E Ofélia virou as costas ao rei e foi cuidar dos seus animais. No caminho para o castelo e durante toda a noite, Abakir não conseguiu deixar de pensar na bonita rapariga que tinha tido a coragem de o enfrentar. No dia seguinte, assim que o sol se ergueu, o jovem rei foi ter com alguns dos seus guardas e deu-lhes a seguinte ordem. Vão buscar a pastora que encontramos ontem na serra e tragam-na à minha presença. Vão! Rápido! Os guardas assim fizeram e pouco tempo depois apareceram com a jovem ao rei. Ofélia, ordeno-te que fiques aqui comigo para sempre. Ela olhou para ele sem medo e respondeu. Eu não sou quem o rei pensa que sou. Deixe-me voltar para a serra, para junto da minha família. É assim que sou feliz. Abakir não queria acreditar no que ouvia. Estás a dizer-me que não? Não percebes que te ofereço uma vida melhor? Essa vida não me interessa, rei. Prefiro continuar a viver como tenho vivido. Não percebes que estou apaixonado por ti? Posso fazer-te muito feliz. Ou muito infeliz. Mulher tonta, atreves-te a criticar o teu rei? A mim, Abakir? Nunca nenhuma mulher me disse que não. Sem medo e com a voz firme, a pastora respondeu-lhe. Não tenho medo das suas ameaças. E o senhor não é meu rei. Abakir perdeu a paciência e aos berros mandou que fechassem a pastora numa das torres do castelo. Ela apenas sairia de lá quando pedisse perdão. E o tempo foi passando, mas a pastora não pensava sequer em pedir desculpa. Foi o jovem Abakir quem acabou por ceder. Certa noite, foi à torre do castelo onde a pastora estava presa e disse-lhe Então, Estás confortável aqui? Não me queixo, rei. E o senhor? Está confortável no seu palácio e com o seu harém de cem mulheres? Eu sou Moro. Segundo as minhas leis, posso ter as mulheres que quiser. Mas a mim nunca me terá. Eu sou cristã e, segundo as minhas leis, um homem só pode ter uma mulher. Não consigo parar de pensar em ti. Venceste. Ofereço-te o meu amor. O que queres em troca? A pastora cruzou os braços e disse-lhe, olhando-o nos olhos. Quero que se afaste das outras mulheres. Ou sou a única mulher ou nunca serei sua. Aceito. De hoje em diante serás a única. Vou ordenar já que te libertem. E o amor de Abakir por Ofélia era tão grande e tão verdadeiro que ele cumpriu a sua promessa. A partir dessa noite, a pastora transformou-se na sua rainha 
e as princesas da região transformaram-se nas suas aias. No entanto, um grande perigo ameaçava o reino de Abaquir. Os cristãos, decididos a expulsar os mouros da Península Ibérica, todos os dias se aproximavam um pouco mais da Serra da Nó. Preocupado com o futuro, o rei resolveu falar com a sua rainha e com os amigos mais chegados. A hora é grave. As últimas notícias tiraram-me todas as esperanças. Muito em breve os cristãos chegarão aqui. Quem quiser partir pode fazê-lo. Eu ficarei. Afinal, não tenho para onde ir. A rainha, cada vez mais apaixonada, respondeu. Eu ficarei também. Ofélia foi a única que ficou com ele. E juntos viram os cristãos aproximar-se cada vez mais. A preocupação do rei era tão grande que ele nunca mais conseguiu dormir. Agora, passava os dias e as noites a ler o Alcorão, a rezar a Alá e a fazer sinais de magia que tinha aprendido com os antigos. Abaquir fazia os seus sinais mágicos sobre a sua rainha e sobre o castelo, enquanto pronunciava baixinho palavras misteriosas. E conta a lenda que quando os cristãos, vitoriosos, chegaram, não encontraram nem o castelo, nem a pastora, nem a Baquir. E eles sabiam que ali naquele lugar até há poucos dias havia um castelo cheio de riquezas e um rei mouro que vivia com a sua rainha. Assim nasceu a lenda, que o rei mouro era um mágico e que tinha conseguido com a sua magia fazer desaparecer todos os vestígios da sua presença. Acredita-se também que se alguém conseguir encontrar a gruta que dá entrada para o castelo desaparecido, ficará na posse de uma riqueza enorme e desde que há memória que moradores daquela zona dizem que em noites de luar se pode ver a figura de uma bela mulher passeando pela serra e que os poucos que a seguiram desapareceram para sempre. Okay, so as promised, now that you've heard it all the way through, we're going to break it down section by section. So listen to section 1 and we'll be right back. Portugal é uma das mais antigas nações europeias e no dia 24 de junho de 2017 comemora 889 anos de fundação. A realidade e a ficção às vezes confundem-se nas lendas passadas de geração em geração. Ainda assim, gostamos de as contar às nossas crianças para que a cultura popular portuguesa não se perca. É o caso desta lenda que vos vamos contar hoje. Não sabemos se as coisas se passaram como a lenda descreve, nem sequer se realmente aconteceram, mas vamos contar esta história exatamente como a ouvimos da boca dos nossos pais e avós. Há muitos, muitos anos, numa altura em que os mouros habitavam a Península Ibérica, numa zona hoje conhecida como Viana do Castelo, reinava o poderoso Abaquir, um jovem mouro conquistador de terras e corações. Dizia-se que o seu castelo, erguido em plena Serra da Nó, era o mais magnífico de todo o mundo, tais eram as riquezas que continha. 
Okay, so do you want to explain to us what's going on in this introduction so far? Essentially, I said that the tales we tell our kids and we heard from our grandparents and parents sometimes are not pure reality, but they're part of our culture. And that's the case with this one. And I jump into the writing to the tale saying that it's about a Moorish powerful king that lived in the now called Viana do Castelo, which by the way, it's really beautiful. And everyone that is listening to us, you have the chance to visit this village, this city. And all of Portugal in general has a lot of Moorish influence. And briefly, can you tell us what Moorish is? Are the, the Moors, the people who are the Moors? They were the people from North Africa that conquered uh, the Iberian Peninsula, Portugal and Spain, trying to convert the Christians. And they were in Portugal for a long time. And you can see their influence in the architecture uh, and the language. Like They, they built castles. Castles. And like the, every time you see tiles with geometrical themes, they come from the Moors or those plaster walls, those oh, yeah. all ornamented, like really worked like to the deep. Mm -hmm. Those come from the Moors as well. Uh, the words that start with A-L. I was really surprised to hear some of these words had influence from the, the Moors. And probably you didn't know either. So do you want to blast through this list? I probably don't know some of them because all I know is that the ones that start with A-L, mm -hmm. they come from the Moors like Algarve, yeah. Algum. But for example, we also have Azúcar, sugar. That I didn't know. Uh, alcohol. That. Alcohol. Yeah, you can see from the AL. AL. Yeah. But I can see there arroz. I didn't know that too. Or azeite. Yeah. That's interesting. And of course, alface, which is another AL word for lettuce. And azeite, like we said, uh, olive oil. Alecrim, is that rosemary? I think so, yes. Alecrim is rosemary. And uh, meatball. Almondega. Almondegas. And this is interesting. Bairro, like Bairro Alto, the neighborhood. Bairro, yeah. Café. Café. Garrafa. Mesa. Uh -huh. Wow. Laranja. Laran Oxalá. That I think I knew because it's in a very famous fado. And I remember her hearing that Oxalá was from the Moors. But yeah, we have a lot of influence that most of the people don't know when they look at it that comes from the north of africa because we were colonized by them for many many years and then of course they were driven out by the, the yeah the christians tried to regain all those territories and they succeeded yes, obviously they did so that's a little bit of a detour but let's keep going so the the tale is about abakir a powerful uh king that ruled in viana do castelo that time and it's about his castle that was in Serra de Nó, kind of a mountain and it was known for being magnificent and very rich. So a few phrases that I've highlighted in this section, I think we've probably covered this one before but I always forget to use it, is Nengsequer, which uh, means I guess doesn't even, right? Não sabemos se as coisas se passaram Como a lenda descreve. We don't know if things happen the way that the legend describes. Nem sequer se realmente aconteceram. We don't even know if it even not happened. Not even, not even if they really happened. Nem sequer. 
And we've also got Muru, which we know now is Moorish. Mm-hmm. And I guess a, a Moorish woman would be Mora. Mora. And earlier on the, in this section, we have a construction that requires the use of the uh, conjunctivu verb mood. Um, and it's para que, so that. Um, do you want to read the whole sentence there? The whole sentence is ainda assim, still. Gostamos de as contar às nossas crianças. We like to tell them the stories to our kids. Para que a cultura popular portuguesa não se perca. So that the Portuguese culture doesn't get lost. Não se perca comes from the verb perder. And this is interesting because... So para que is so that... Mm-hmm. And then perca, as you said, is from the verb perder. Yes. It, and that's conjunctivo do presente. Mm-hmm. Ou presente do conjuntivo. Primeira, first and third person. Um, para que eu não perca, para que ele não perca. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's interesting because some people confuse perca com perda. Perda is a substantivo feminino. That means loss. And Perca is the conjugation of the verb perder. But you will hear a lot people saying, Oh, uh, que grande perca, instead of que grande perda. Oh, so perda is the noun? Perda, it's a noun, exactly. And perca is just a conjugation of the verb perder. But it is almost accepted, perca as a noun as well, even though it shouldn't. So you will hear people saying isto é uma perca de tempo when they should say isto é uma perda de tempo. Okay, I think I've made that mistake as well before. So many, many people do that. We've got a tricky sentence here with lots of new vocabulary. Do you want to read the last sentence of the section? It was said that his castle rose in Serra da Nó era o mais magnífico de todo o mundo was the most magnificent in the entire world. Tais eram as riquezas que continha. Such were the richness that it held. So erguer, I guess a better translation is to erect. Ha ha ha. But the, when we put up buildings, we erect them. Um, so that's a better translation of that. And then em plena. Em plena could be... Uh, in full or in midst, like if you say plena primavera, it's like in full spring when something oh, okay. is, or a flower when it's fully blossom. In plena means when you are at your entire capacity of something, but sometimes it's also used geographically to mean to express in the middle of something, like right in the middle. In oh, plena serra da no, right in the middle of the or at the top of the mountain. And tais means such. And conter means to, to hold. Just like the verb ter, this is one of those verbs that have the word ter inside them. So we have to conjugate the word kind of the same way that we conjugate the verb ter when it's on its own. Only now we have conter to contain. Mm-hmm. So continha, if... Tinha by itself is um, had in the past continuous. 
then continue is it would contain or it was containing. Okay, let's move on to section two. Um dia, Abakir cavalgava alegremente pela serra quando viu uma jovem pastora de gado, tão bonita que fez o seu coração bater mais forte. Aquela jovem era diferente de todas as outras mulheres que tinha visto. A pastora tinha uma pele muito clara, olhos verdes e um cabelo louro penteado numa enorme trança. As outras mulheres que Abakir conhecia cobriam o cabelo com véus, ao passo que esta pastora andava com o seu orgulhosamente à vista de todos. O rei parou o seu cavalo ao lado da pastora e disse-lhe Olá, pastora. Eu sou o rei Abakir. E tu, como te chamas? O meu nome é Ofélia. Ofélia, deixa as tuas ovelhas e vem comer comigo na minha tenda. Não posso deixar as minhas ovelhas sozinha, senhor. E para além disso, eu trouxe a minha comida. Tu atreves-te a recusar o meu convite? Ofélia, sem saber como reagir, disse apenas. Senhor, se não precisa de mais nada, eu vou-me embora. Não posso perder tempo. E Ofélia virou as costas ao rei e foi cuidar dos seus animais. In section 2, that young powerful Moor, Abakir, was riding his horse and he saw the female character, which was, um, how do you say in English, those people who take the cattle to the mountain? A shepherd. She was a female shepherd. But this woman was different from all the women he had seen before because she was white-skinned, her eyes were green, she had blonde hair, and of course Abakir, being a Moor and being from North Africa, he knew women with uh, veils, veils covering their face, and this one was showing her hair. He stopped his horse and he asked her name. She, she answered that She was called Ophelia, and he asked her to leave and go with him to his tent. But she said she couldn't. She couldn't leave the sheep alone. And she had her own food. He was shocked, like, was she refusing his invitation? And she just said, I'm sorry, I have to leave. I can't lose any more time. And she left. She turned his, her back to him and left to take care of her sheep. So the first word that we've highlighted is cavalgava. So cavalgava. It's from the verb cavalgar, which means horse riding. Yeah, to ride on a horse. That's kind of cool that there's a whole verb just for that activity. And then of course it's the past continuous. So caval cavalgar becomes cavalgava. Exactly. And then He sees a young pastora de gado. So a pastora is the, the female shepherd. But what's, what's gado? Um, gado is a word that relates to any group of animals that are intended to produce something. So like livestock or cattle? Stock. Yeah, stock or cattle. Okay. In this case, they were sheep. So would chicken be grouped into that? Uh, I think this word is only related to animals that are not birds. So like 
mammals, sheep, the goats, horses, cows. And I'm not sure, but I think we, in English, it's the same. I guess we group cattle into all of those uh, different animals as well. Or we group animals into And you cattle. also don't include chickens. Possibly not. So in the same page. Yeah. But I have to uh, brush up on my farming <laughs> knowledge. <laughs> so the girl had her hair penteado, um, styled, mm -hmm. in a big tranza. What, what's tranza? Tranza is the word for braid. Okay, tranza. Is there a verb too? Trançar? No. no. Fazer trança. Okay. Fazer uma trança, fazer tranças. And the word for veil, we see here that the plural is veus, so is a singular one, veil, veu? Veu. Okay. And there's a phrase here, ao passo que. Ao passo que is three words for your single while. Oh, okay. Is it kind of like enquanto? Is it the same? Enquanto que. Ao passo que. Okay. And of course, ovelhas, ovelha is... Sheep. Sheep. I, I almost said goat, but that would be... Um... Vá. Tu lembras-te? Começa por um C, e um A, e um B. Cabra. Whoa, that was slow. <laughs> I gave you all the letters. <laughs> Cabra. But be careful with that word, because in Portuguese we use it when you're <gasps> offending someone. So oh, we can't leave we it in. We don't call someone cadela. We, when we want to offend someone, and we shouldn't, people use the word cabra. Right. And then Abakir says, You dare to recusar o meu convite? Refuse. Yeah, recusar is to refuse an invitation. Or refuse anything. And then in the last sentence, we have the phrase, foi cuidar. So cuidar is to take care of. And foi comes from the verb ir. But this is something that pops up a lot, especially in day-to-day -day conversation. Foi fazer alguma coisa, mm -hmm. right? So you take ir and then add the infinitive of the next verb to say that you go do whatever that thing she is. She went to do, she went to see, she went to clean. So instead of just conjugating that second verb, adding ir first, that kind of makes it feel a little bit more like there's movement, like there's something that somebody went to do. Otherwise, if he was virou as costas e cuidou dos seus animais, seems something that lasted one second. We want to say that she went to do that and we don't know how long it took. Like You stopped seeing her from that moment that she went to take care of the animals and you don't know if she kept doing that or not. If you say that she took care of her animals, seems that you were there from the beginning till the end. Yeah. So it's much more specific. It's like she stopped what she was doing to go do that. Or like she left to take care of the animals. Exactly. Okay, let's check out section three. No caminho para o castelo e durante toda a noite, Abakir não conseguiu deixar de pensar na bonita rapariga que tinha tido a coragem de o enfrentar. No dia seguinte, assim que o sol se ergueu, o jovem rei foi ter com alguns dos seus guardas e deu-lhes a seguinte ordem. Vão buscar a pastora que encontramos ontem na serra e tragam-na à minha presença. Vão! Rápido! Os guardas assim fizeram e pouco tempo depois apareceram com a jovem ao rei. Ofélia, 
ordeno-te que fiques aqui comigo para sempre. Ela olhou para ele sem medo e respondeu. Eu não sou quem o rei pensa que sou. Deixe-me voltar para a serra, para junto da minha família. É assim que sou feliz. Abakir não queria acreditar no que ouvia. Estás a dizer-me que não? Não percebes que te ofereço uma vida melhor? Essa vida não me interessa, rei. Prefiro continuar a viver como tenho vivido. Não percebes que estou apaixonado por ti? Posso fazer-te muito feliz. Ou muito infeliz. Mulher tonta, atreves-te a criticar o teu rei? A mim, Abakir? Nunca nenhuma mulher me disse que não. Sem medo e com a voz firme, a pastora respondeu-lhe. Não tenho medo das suas ameaças e o senhor não é meu rei. Abakir perdeu a paciência e aos berros mandou que fechassem a pastora numa das torres do castelo. Ela apenas sairia de lá quando pedisse perdão. In this section, Abakir can't stop thinking about the beautiful girl and he asks his guards to go and look for her actually demands that and they bring the girl to the king and once more he gives her an order like stay here with me forever but she doesn't take orders like that so she says I'm not who you think I am let me go back to the serra to the mountain I want to be together with my family and that's how I'm happy he gets even more shocked like again she refuses what he says She doesn't obey him and he's wondering why doesn't she want a better life and she, she says maybe I don't need a better life. I just rather keep living how I've been living and finally he admits that he's in love with her and that he wants to make her happier which she answers or unhappier. So he's so mad at her that she keeps denying all his invitations He starts yelling, but she keeps very firm and says that she's not afraid of him and that he's not her king. So he loses his patience and tells the guards to lock her in a tower until she asks for forgiveness. Well, that's quite the ego the guy's got, eh? He's a king and she's just a shepherd. He's got to respect her a little bit more. So near the beginning of this section, we have a scene. It's not the first time you see the word erguer. In this case, it's the past. Ergueu. O sol se ergueu. So the sun erected rose as soon as the sun rose. But we use it as a reflexive verb. Like the sun rose itself. Rose itself. That's interesting that it's the same verb to put a building up as for the sun to rise. Well, anything that rises, rises from the floor to the sky. And the phrase, as soon as, I think we probably said this before, is as soon as, right? Yes. As soon as the sun rose. In this section, we also have one of the rare cases where the imperativo, which is the tense that we use when we want to demand something of somebody, that the conjugation is the same as just the simple present tense, which is the verb ir. 
and the conjugation is vaun. So you guys go. In this case, it's imperative, like you go, vocês vaun, but it could also be eles vaun, which yeah. is the present. It's exactly the same. So it's just context that is the distinction between whether this is present tense or imperative, imperativo. And uh, this is just like in the last section where we saw fui cuidar, when she went to take care of the animals, he's telling them vaun buscar. So we've got that ir plus infinitive again. Go buscar, go get. Yeah, in this sentence, it would be less different to use just busquem a pastora que encontramos ontem. But it's more common to say vão buscar. Yeah, just like in English, we can say get something, go get something. It's kind of like vão buscar is go get instead go of get. just get. And then you highlighted para junto da minha família, which means close to my family, para junto. Yeah, and it's kind of funny because I always think of de as meaning from, but in this case, like we would never say near from my family, but when in Portuguese we use junto to say that something is close, then we use de. And lastly, we have abakir perdeu a paciência e aos berros yelling. Berrar is to yell, which is like louder than screaming. Aos is like, and at the yells or with yells, I guess. At the yells. Yeah. So obviously I have to stop thinking of in literal translations because that's just one of those phrases we have to remember. Aos of course, some sentences you just, you can't think in English first because the construction and the use of the prepositions, it's not the same. E o tempo foi passando, mas a pastora não pensava sequer em pedir desculpa. Foi o jovem Abakir quem acabou por ceder. Certa noite, foi à torre do castelo onde a pastora estava presa e disse-lhe Então, estás confortável aqui? Não me queixo, rei. E o senhor? Está confortável no seu palácio e com o seu harém de cem mulheres? Eu sou Moro. Segundo as minhas leis, posso ter as mulheres que quiser. Mas a mim nunca me terá. Eu sou cristã e, segundo as minhas leis, um homem só pode ter uma mulher. Não consigo parar de pensar em ti. Venceste. Ofereço-te o meu amor. O que queres em troca? A pastora cruzou os braços e disse-lhe, olhando-o nos olhos. Quero que se afaste das outras mulheres. Ou sou a única mulher ou nunca serei sua. Aceito. De hoje em diante, serás a única. Vou ordenar já que te libertem. E o amor de Abakir por Ofélia era tão grande e tão verdadeiro que ele cumpriu a sua promessa. A partir dessa noite, a pastora transformou-se na sua rainha e as princesas da região transformaram-se nas suas aias. In section 4, we see how firm the shepherd Ophelia is, she doesn't say she's sorry, she stays locked in the tower and eventually is Abakir who gives in, goes to the tower and asks her sarcastically if she's comfortable there. And she answers also sarcastically like, I don't complain, I'm okay, are you 
comfortable with your hundred women and he justifies by being a more so according to his laws that's okay and she answers that well you will never have me because i am christian and those are my laws so we see a little bit of a confrontation of culture in this scene which happened very likely on in those times although i think this is definitely a tale because a shepherd would never confront a king like this anyway abakir eventually says okay you win i'll offer you my love and i don't know what else do you want and she makes the ultimate demand she says i want you to get away from all the other women i'm either your only or i'll never be yours And surprisingly, Abakir accepts. He was so in love that he accepts to be monogamic. Monogamous. Monogamous. (laughs) And according to the tale, the love is so strong that he keeps his promise. And from that night on, she becomes his only wife. And all the princesses of the region transform into her maids. Wow. So we can start with that word, Ayash. Means like, you know, the queen helpers. Mm-hmm. So Uma Aya, do was Ayash. Ayash. A-I-A-S. So maids. So earlier on in the section, we have the word Sider. So knowing that Sedu means early, when I first looked at this sentence, well, first you want to read the sentence and then we'll let them try and figure out what it means. Foi o jovem Abakir quem acabou por ceder. So it was the young Abakir who ended up, and then there's the verb ceder. So originally I thought that maybe that would mean that he ended up getting there early, ceder, but that's not the case. I guess he gave in, he uh, kind of gave up, right? Ceder. Give in. Give up is more uh, desistir. Also ceder is to give, give in. And then later on, Ophelia, what does she say that she wants wants him to do. Quero que se afaste. I want that you get away. Se afaste. So the the verb afastar, in this case, it's reflexive. So you'd have afastar-se, right? But then when we put the quero que, I want that, then that makes us take the pronoun and then stick it at the beginning of the verb instead of hyphenated after. So quero que se afaste. Instead of Afaste-se. It's se afaste. And then this is an interesting construction that we've seen a few times. Um, In English, I guess we say either it's this or it's that. But in Portuguese, you just use the word or. O in both situations for the either and for the or. So you want to read the sentence? Ou sou a única mulher ou nunca serei sua. So either I'm the only woman or I'll never be yours. And then lastly, we've got de hoje em diante. Yeah, de hoje em diante is one of those expressions that you cannot break into every single word. You just have to take it as an expression and it means from today on. So de hoje, from today, and then em diante, those are two words. It's an expression. De hoje em diante, it's one expression. From today on. From today on. No entanto, um grande perigo ameaçava o reino de Abakir. 
os cristãos decididos a expulsar os mouros da Península Ibérica, todos os dias se aproximavam um pouco mais da Serra da Nó. Preocupado com o futuro, o rei resolveu falar com a sua rainha e com os amigos mais chegados. A hora é grave. As últimas notícias tiraram-me todas as esperanças. Muito em breve os cristãos chegarão aqui. Quem quiser partir pode fazê-lo. Eu ficarei. Afinal, não tenho para onde ir. A rainha, cada vez mais apaixonada, respondeu. Eu ficarei também. Ofélia foi a única que ficou com ele. E juntos viram os cristãos aproximar-se cada vez mais. A preocupação do rei era tão grande que ele nunca mais conseguiu dormir. Agora, passava os dias e as noites a ler o Alcorão, a rezar a Alá e a fazer sinais de magia que tinha aprendido com os antigos. Abaquir fazia os seus sinais mágicos sobre a sua rainha e sobre o castelo, enquanto pronunciava baixinho palavras misteriosas. E conta a lenda que quando os cristãos, vitoriosos, chegaram, não encontraram nem o castelo, nem a pastora, nem a Baquir. Eles sabiam que ali naquele lugar até há poucos dias havia um castelo cheio de riquezas e um rei mouro que vivia com a sua rainha. Assim nasceu a lenda, que o rei mouro era um mágico e que tinha conseguido com a sua magia fazer desaparecer todos os vestígios da sua presença. Acredita-se também que se alguém conseguir encontrar a gruta que dá entrada para o castelo desaparecido, ficará na posse de uma riqueza enorme e desde que há memória que moradores daquela zona dizem que em noites de luar se pode ver a figura de uma bela mulher passeando pela serra e que os poucos que a seguiram desapareceram para sempre. So in the last section we see how their happiness gets shaken. There's an eminent danger, which is the coming back of the Christians who want to reconvert people into Christianity and they want to reconquer those territories. Abakir feels threatened by that, so he reunites with all his people, saying that whoever wants may leave the territory, but he will stay there even with the Christians approaching. And the queen that is each day more in love with him decides to stay by his side. Oh, que romantico. Yeah. From that moment on, Abakir isn't able to sleep anymore. He spends all day and night reading their Bible, Al-Quran, and praying to their God, Allah. And he does this magic over the queen and over the castle while he mumbles mysterious words. The tale says that the moment the Christians arrived, ready to conquer the castle, there was no castle. So somehow everything disappeared. Either he was really a magician or his God answered to him. The thing is that they were sure there was a castle queen and the king there, but they found nothing, no traces of their presence. And people even nowadays who live in that area say Serra de Nó, Serra de Nó which is now the, a city called Viana do Castelo. 
People say that if you find a cave which leads you to the castle, you will be entitled to all that money and richness. And some people say that in moonlight you can see this woman-shaped thing walking in the woods and the few people who followed her are gone since that day. Oh, they were spooky. gone forever. So these are like the tales of this area. How do you say Dame Rapius? Gives me chills. Dame Rapius or Fico Compel de Galinha. It would be interesting if some members live near that area or have family from that area of north of Portugal. It would be interesting for them to tell us if this is a real tale they say they tell there. And if they've found the castle and all of the treasures. Well, I think that if they did, they wouldn't tell us probably. They wouldn't be listening to our podcast because they'd be busy being rich, rich. and <laughs> paying taxes. <laughs> yeah. But I wonder if this is a common tale and people from that area tell it a lot or not. One of the first sentences we've got here is afinal, no tenho para onde ir. So afinal, that's like after all, right? After all, I don't have where to go. No tenho para onde ir. Don't have anywhere to go. And then, fazia os seus sinais mágicos. Abaki did his magical signs. So when you say signs, when we say sinais, that doesn't make much sense in English. Like he's... Gestures. Do, oh, gestures. Okay. He did the sinais mágicos to make the Over queen... Over the queen and the castle. For them to disappear. And they did, leaving no vestigios, which means traces. Okay. And if someone finds the gruta, which means cave, that gives entrance to the castle, they will be in the possession of a enormous richness. Oh, that's interesting. There's no possession. It's pos. pos. The noun is pos. That's interesting. And that was it. This was our tale for today. That was a good one. I liked it. Yes, they're all romantic and... Of course, they always come from a part of our culture, even though it's just a story. So now that you have a better idea of what's going on in this episode, you can, of course, go back to the beginning and hear it once again all the way through. We won't play it now on the podcast because it's already getting pretty long, but it's always a good idea to go back and see how much more of it you understand now after understanding a little bit more of the grammar and vocabulary. And, of course, we've got more episodes on the way. This was... Probably more geared to advanced learners. Yeah, this one was tricky. Lots of new vocabulary that I didn't know. Lots of uh, new expressions. So, But we like to give the podcast some variety. And of course, just like all of the other episodes, premium members can get access to the entire transcription. We've recently relaunched the premium features. Now you can scroll through the transcription at the same time that you're hearing the audio and it's automatically synchronized. There's been some major improvements. So... That's been keeping us busy for the last couple months, getting that ready. But um, lots it's of people, worth it. yeah, lots of people seem to like it. So it's it's a major improvement. And I would like to finish today launching a challenge to our members, which is many of you have Portuguese family. So if you know of any tale that they used to tell or they used to hear, tell us the name of the tale and we will try to make an episode of it rewrite it our way 
Oh, that's a good idea. Okay. Because most people must have heard a lot of tales, Portuguese tales, and we will do some research and make an interesting episode about it. And we'll mix in more of these Lendish legends or t tales along with some of the other dialogues and uh, artigos that we have prepared. So thank you all for your support. Obrigado pelo vosso apoio. And thanks for listening. Até a próxima. Até a próxima. Até a próxima.